Well, good morning. I want to thank you so much for joining us on this cold and freezing day. I hope that you're staying safe. hope that you're staying warm. And uh, guess what? It's supposed to be 60 degrees tomorrow. So how crazy is that? Uh, but before we jump into the message today, just have a couple things I want to make you aware of. Next Steps launches in February, and you can begin signing up today. If you haven't gone through or maybe you haven't signed up, I would encourage you to do so. Maybe you're wondering, what is it? Well, it's just an opportunity over the course of four Sundays, about an hour a week, where you come. Each session is taught by a different pastor, and you learn more about the church, who we are, our history, what we believe, how you can get connected and grow. And But you also learn about you, what your personality is, what your gifting set is. And we hope for you to do two things. Number one, uh, to begin serving somewhere on one of our dream teams, using the gifts and talents that God has placed in your life. Also, we'd love for you to connect it in a small group, a place where you can meet more people, uh, have some relationships, and even grow an understanding of who God is and, and who you are. So you can sign up for that today. And speaking of small groups, we're getting ready to launch a brand new session uh, at the end of this month, beginning of next month. And you can go online. You can check out the groups we have. We have groups in different areas, uh, different age groups, uh, hobbies, specific studies, that kind of thing. So you can check it out and even sign up for a group beginning today. I encourage you to do both if you haven't, but especially a small group. Get involved, meet new people, and grow. And I'll be back in just a few more moments. We have some more announcements. everyone. My name is Tabitha, and I want to welcome you to Faith Community. We're so glad you've joined us today, and I wanted to let you know about a few things coming up. At Faith Community, one of our biggest passions is meeting practical needs for people in our own community and around the world. This June, a team will be traveling to Guatemala to build homes for widows in a city called Hoyaba. For the past few years, we've been a part of an effort to impact the families of this village devastated by a civil war that took place many years ago. These homes provide hope and a sustainable future for the women and children in the area, and you have the opportunity to be a part of it. If you're interested in going on the trip, stick around for the informational meeting today after the 1030 service in Mason Hall. The annual business meeting is next Sunday at 1230 p.m. in the main auditorium. Everyone is invited to attend as we take a look at all God did through Faith Community in 2016. We will also be voting in new board members. If you are a voting member and are unable to attend the meeting, absentee ballots are available at the information desk. We believe in the power of prayer. Every week, a team prays over the needs people submit, and we often hear stories about how God is answering these prayers. If you have something going on in your life that you would like us to pray about, fill out a prayer card from the seat in front of you or email prayer at faithcommunity.co. At Faith Community, our mission is to help you move from where you are to where God wants you to be. Next Steps is a four-week class that will help you learn a little about the church and will connect you with tools to help you discover what God made you to do. The first session begins Sunday, February 5th at 12 p.m. in Mason Hall. Sign up online at faithcommunity.co slash register or at the registration table in the cafe. To learn more about Faith Community, visit our website at faithcommunity.co or you can always keep up with the latest updates on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Enjoy the service and we'll see you next week.
This morning, we are continuing the series that we began last week called Corners, where each week we're just taking a look at a different area of our life that needs some more focus, needs some more attention. Maybe over the course of the last few months and even years, you've stopped giving it the, the, uh, the due diligence that you needed to, and it's caused some issues in your life. And we're looking at some corners specifically. Last week was the spiritual corner. We believe that's the most important corner of our lives to get straightened out. And I gave you three things to work on. Those three things were this, to pray, to read, and to speak. And when I say speak, I mean speak God's word over your life. We began there because if you can get your spiritual corner in order, it has the power to impact the rest of your life. See, we just think here that if you can get the corners of your life straightened out, it will have a greater impact when it comes to your success, it comes to your growth, and even your happiness and the sense of peace that you feel. Sometimes we think it's easier just to push things off to the side and not deal with them. But in a way, when we're not dealing with them, they're still having an impact on our lives. There's a quote that we're using here to kind of talk about this series and framing it for us, and it's this. We never rise to the level of our expectation, but we always fall to the level of our training. Let me say it one more time. You never rise to the level of your expectation, but you always fall to the level of your training, meaning this. We can't wish success. We can't wish change. We can't wish that we would be better. We can't wish that circumstances would change unless we get involved in it. We have to take responsibility. We have to take ownership. And the reason is this is because we owe God our very best because he gave us his very best in Jesus. So we began last week talking about that spiritual corner. And this week, I want to talk about our physical corner. I'm going to give you three things that you can work on again. But I want to start this with looking at a passage of scripture. It comes from Corinthians. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. Let me read that to you this morning. Here's what it says. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. You know, Paul is writing to the Corinthian church, and he's talking to them about their body, and he's talking to them about sexual purity and some things like that. But he makes some amazing statement when it comes to your body, to who you are physically. The first thing he says is this, right, right off the bat. He says, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? I want you to think about that for a moment. Paul says that our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is is God's presence on this earth. In the Old Testament, God gave specific instructions on how to build the temple. I mean, every single detail he was passionate about because it was his house. And there was a place in that temple called the Holy of Holies where his presence dwelled, where only the high priests could go, and could only go at certain times of the year. Now we get to the New Testament, and what God has done with Jesus is this. It's saying that he doesn't desire to live in a physical building where he can only be visited or encountered a few times a year by a specific person a year, but God longs to live inside of me and inside of you because he created us, that we are the temple of God's presence. God doesn't long to live just outside of us, but he wants to dwell on the inside of us, and our physical bodies are what contain the presence of God when we are in a relationship relationship with him. What God is saying here is this, is is that you and I are valuable, that our bodies are valuable, that our bodies are important, and they're not something that we should treat with just without a care, without any level of importance, without any level of intentionality. I want you to understand this. Your body 
who you are is a temple of God's presence. The creator of the universe longs to live in you. And if you have a relationship with Christ and you would call yourself a Christian, his Holy Spirit resides in you. Because that's what he says next is this. The Holy Spirit lives in you. That word lives literally means to exist, to be present, to take up residence in you. You house the very presence of God that in the Old Testament was inside of a place called the Holy of Holies. It's as if God has made us his Holy of Holies through Jesus, his presence living in us. Here's what he also says, the next statement. He says this, you do not belong to yourself. You don't belong to yourself. I want that idea to sink in for you a little bit. Because we live in a culture that says we can do whatever we want with our bodies. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what this other person says. It's my body. I can do what I want. Now, I, I like the way that sounds. I like the way that feels. But it could be no further from the truth. And it's led us down a path where we no longer value life. We no longer value someone else's bodies, who, who they are. In fact, we objectify the body. Specifically, we objectify the female body and only see it as a, as a, a form of pleasure and what we can get out of it and how much money it can sell. What God is saying, hey, not only are you you valuable, but you don't belong to you. The reason why we don't belong to ourselves is because God created us. We were created by an intelligent, personal, intimate creator who has a plan for each and every one of our lives. We're not the product of science. We're not the product of random chance. We're not the product of just two amoebas coming together somewhere and then life accidentally coming out of it. No, no, no. We are the product of an intentional creator and we belong to our creator. He's given us a free will. We have freedom. We have our mind. We have our will and we have our emotions. But this body is not our own. It is a gift to us from God who has chosen once again to put his presence on the inside of you. And he goes on to say this, hey, you don't belong to yourself for or because God bought you with a high price. Here's what God is doing here. God is saying, not just saying, hey, you don't belong to yourself. I created you. I own you. No, no, no. I, I, I bought you with a high price. I valued you so much that I would, I would give up everything that I had for you, for humanity. What did he give up? What's that high price Paul's talking about? He's talking about the life of Jesus Christ. That Jesus came to this earth, God himself coming to the earth to identify with human beings, to live like you and I, that suffered and encountered and endured everything just like you and I have, and then willingly gave up his life for you and me. It's important to understand right here, Jesus was not murdered. Because to be murdered, you have to be killed against your will. Jesus willingly gave up his life. He sacrificed himself for you and me so that we could have a relationship with God, so that we could be restored to our creator, so that we could understand our purpose and our value and the meaning that God has placed within each and every one of us. He paid the ultimate price for you and me. We don't serve a God who just stakes a claim to us because he can and ultimately he could because he is all powerful. No, no, God stakes his claim to us because not only did he create us, but when we ran away from him and decided that we no longer wanted anything to do with him, he did everything in his power and set a plan into motion to redeem you and me. And that word redemption literally means to buy back, to pay a high price. 
So what have we learned so far? Number one, we're temples. Our body is a physical temple of the Holy Spirit. Number two, he lives in us. He exists. He resides to live in us. And if you don't believe in God, I want you to know that God wants and longs to live inside of you. Secondly, hey, he, he, we don't belong to ourselves because he paid a high price for us. And here's how he concludes it. With all of that, saying those things, this is what I want you to do. So you must honor God with your body. That's the conclusion to this verse that Paul's saying. He, he builds a case, right? You're a temple. You don't belong to yourself. The Holy Spirit lives in you. God, I bought you with a high price. So now I want you to honor me with your body. So the question becomes is, how do I do that? And what does it look like to honor God with my body? I mean, I think the, the question in of itself can be complex. And then the answer, we could talk about these high and lofty things and, and get real confusing. But I just want to keep it simple. Number one, what, is, what does it even mean to honor God with my body? Well, the word honor there just literally means to, to bring dignity to something. To, to live our lives in such a way that reflect the value that we place on someone or something. And that thing in question here is our bodies. So how do we do it? How do we bring dignity? How do we reflect the value that we place? Let me just share three things with you. They're really simple. So simple, in fact, I know you've heard them before. You've made resolutions about them, and you're probably going to be thinking, why did he even talk about it? But here's the first thing. You ready? First thing is this, to eat well. That we need to eat well. I know that I need to eat a whole lot better. I know that I love ice cream. I know that I love fried food. I know that I love to eat whatever I want, whenever I want. But if you think about it, you know, God says you don't belong to yourself. This body, this temple of the Holy Spirit, uh, and if I don't belong to myself, it really means that I can't just do whatever I want. That I, you know, I can. I can eat whatever I want, but uh, then my love handles get bigger. And I don't really like what I see in the mirror. So you can eat whatever you want, but it causes all sort of issues beyond how we look, how we feel, our health, and all sort of things that we need to eat well. Think about what you put in your body is what your body uses as a source of fuel, and it affects everything. I just want to encourage you this year to be a little more disciplined and to think about what you eat. I even want to encourage you maybe to not go on on fad diets and say, you know what, my goal is to lose 50 pounds, and so all you're going to eat is I don't know, styrofoam and, and, and drink vegetable juice. No, I want you to do something that you enjoy what you eat, but I want you to think about just the amount that you eat, that portion sizes, things like that, that being more disciplined. Let me, let me read to you what uh, it says in Proverbs about living a disciplined life. Proverbs uh, chapter 10, verse 17, it says this, the road to life is a disciplined life. Listen to that. The road to life is a disciplined life. If you ignore correction, you are lost for good. Ignore correction and you're lost for good. I I don't know about you, but I don't really like the word discipline. It's not something I wake up thinking about, something that I dream about. In fact, um, the more discipline you talk about, the more I, I shut down. It just doesn't excite me. But here we have in Proverbs saying, the road to life is a disciplined life. That we need to embrace discipline. And we need to embrace discipline when it comes to what we eat. You can tell as you look at me that I haven't always eaten the way that I should. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get better. And I want to encourage you to do the same thing. And you know, when it comes to food, I know that it's more than just a decision. I understand that the food makes us feel better. I understand that some of us, that's how we, that's how we medicate. That's how we get through. We go to food because food is always there. And I know that it's not just about saying you're going to do something and it's just as easy as that. And the old saying re- reads true. It's, it's easier said than done. 
What I am asking you to do is just to take this step back and consider how am I eating currently? Is it helping me? Is it making me feel better? Am I putting food in my body that is actually beneficial? Or am I putting food in my body that is actually contributing more to the problem? I heard this statement from somebody. It says this. It says that we should eat to live and not live to eat. Let me say that again. We should eat to live and not live to eat. Sometimes that's what we do in our culture. Everything is just surrounded by and and centered around food. And we eat so much because our portion sizes are so huge. Let me ask you this. What if you were, this may seem kind of silly, what if you were just to ask God, say, hey, Lord, could you help me? Help me understand how I could eat better. Holy Spirit, help me eat better. Help me make better decisions. Help me at late at night not to choose the ice cream and maybe to choose something else. Lord, just help me to do better. I fully believe this. If what we read in Corinthians was true, and God says that you and I are a temple of the Holy Spirit, that his Holy Spirit lives in us and we're not our own, and he purchased us with a high price, you better believe that his Holy Spirit cares about our physical bodies and cares about helping us be successful and living a good life. So on the back of the notes that are available for you to download that I should have told you about at the beginning, but you can go right now and click and download them underneath there. There is a place for you to write a goal. And I want you to think about what your goal is, how you're going to eat better. And like we said last week, don't write, I want to eat better. Think about how you want to eat. Maybe how many calories you want to eat. Maybe what your portion sizes will look like. Maybe what type of diet you go on. Don't just write down eat better. Think about something specific that you can measure that will really help you grow. Okay, so that's the first way. And I think a simple way that we can honor God with our bodies is by eating well. So here's point number two, sleep well. Point number one was eat well. Second way to honor God with our bodies is to sleep well. I don't know about you, but I think we could all use more sleep, especially restful sleep, because it's possible to sleep and not really rest. Maybe some of you are already feeling the urge to fall asleep because while I'm talking, I know some of you do while I'm talking every Sunday, but that's okay. But to sleep well, I really believe that that God wants us to rest. In fact, he modeled rest for us. Maybe we could have better written this point as rest well versus sleep well. You know, when God created the world, and on that seventh day, he rested, showing us the importance of it. You can be the kind of person that would say, hey, I don't really need the recommended eight hours of sleep. I only need four. I only need five. I only need six. And and that may be the case, but my question is, is how restful is your sleep? That when you lay down to sleep, do you wake up feeling rested? What if I, I told you that God wanted you to rest? That God doesn't always want you to work so hard. I believe in the value of hard work. I was raised to work hard. But I am learning increasingly more and more as the years go by the importance of rest. Because if we're not careful, we'll work ourselves straight into the ground. Let me show you what it says in Psalms. Chapter 127 verse 2. It says this. It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night anxiously working for food to eat. Because God gives rest to his loved ones. I think it's interesting here because God is saying at some point, it is useless to keep working and working 
anxiously worrying about the food you're eating or, or, or what you're trying to provide. Now, don't get me wrong. Providing is important. And I understand that sometimes we have to work maybe two and three jobs just to make ends meet. But the value of rest is so important that God longs to give you rest. You know, there's one scripture that says this, that God watches over you while you sleep so that you can have rest. I think sometimes we don't sleep well because our minds are constantly going, whether we're worrying about something or we're, we're thinking about work or sometimes we're just consumed with work. You know, as Americans, I think if there's one thing that we have uh, to be proud of and can tout over, maybe over the rest of the world is our work ethic. We know how to work. In fact, as generations go by, each generation seems to work more than the last generation. But what we're losing in the process is rest. What we're losing in the process is an enjoyment of our lives. Because at the end of the day, if all we do is work to make money, to have things, and then we have to work to support the things that we have, we're missing out on life. Let me ask you, when is the last time that you had a day off that you really just rested? That you really just said, you know what, my goal is on my day off is just, I'm going to take a nap. I'm going to sleep. How many of you like naps? I love naps. I think naps are amazing. Probably going to take one after I'm done. But to just rest. I have a day off, particularly a day off in the week, and I I always try to think about uh, really just resting and doing nothing. But sometimes I feel guilty about doing nothing. But sometimes I think doing nothing is probably the holiest thing that we could do, where we could just sit and relax and help. Hopefully our minds won't be, be so worried about all the things that we need to get done that we could truly relax and just sleep. He says, well, well, how do I sleep better? How do I, how do I really put this into practice? Well, just like those goals we talked about last week and even for, the eat, for eating well, maybe a sleeping goal could just be a say, you know what, I'm going to sleep six hours a, a night. I'm going to sleep seven hours a night. Maybe something that you could do, which would be really simple, is, is you could say, you know what, I'm going to go to bed by a certain time. Now, I recognize this is elementary and simple, but it's just difficult. I would rather stay up late and sleep late because I want to watch TV, especially when you put the kids to bed. I mean, you put your kids to bed, you feel like it's the best time of the day, right? Because it's quiet and you can focus. You don't have to worry about anything. But what if you just said, you know what, I'm going to go to bed by 10 o'clock every night. I'm going to be in bed by 10 and then get up at a certain time and just set that aside and make sleeping, make resting a priority. You say, well, that doesn't sound very holy. It doesn't sound very scriptural. And you're right. It may not sound like it, but you're going to feel so much better. You're going to be better. And you're going to be honoring God with the gift of your body that he gave you because the more sleep you get, you can function at a higher level and a higher capacity. And I just want to submit this to you. If you feel better, you'll be more productive. You can get more done. At some point, it's just a diminishing return. So, the second way that you can honor God with your body is to sleep well. Now, let me just share with you the third thing, and that is move well. So, we have the three things to do. We have eat well, sleep well, and now move well. Probably your most favorite. We're talking about exercise. I don't know about you, but I have found in life that it's so much more fun to talk about exercising, talk about working out, looking at pictures of people who are so in shape and wish and dream. I mean, that is fun. It doesn't cost me anything. It doesn't even make me sweat. It's fun. I just like to go look at the gym and just wish that by looking at it, I could have more muscles and my love handles could just melt away. But we know that that doesn't happen because we never rise to the level of our expectations. We always fall to the level of our training. 
Some people say this, I don't have time to work out. Uh, I'm too tired to work out. And those are just excuses. We always have enough time for what we want to do and what we prioritize. And if we would sleep better and if we would eat better, we may have a little bit more energy. And it's also proven that if you'd get up, Take 20 minutes, exercise, sweat a little bit, get your heart rate up a little bit, you will have more energy. Sitting on the couch, staying up late does not produce more energy, but that's kind of our training somewhat. Maybe, maybe you have an active job and you get a lot of exercise and you don't, you don't need to. That's great. But maybe you have a job like I do where it tends to be more sedentary and you don't get a lot of physical activity in your job. I have not always been the most disciplined in exercising. You can tell, and I'm just being honest. Back in high school I did because I played sports and so we had to. But now I'm trying to be more disciplined when it comes to that. And I'm finding that without discipline, I don't stick to it. So my my encouragement to you is to move well and do something that you enjoy. If you don't like lifting weights, join a cycling class. If you don't like uh, gyms, then get a treadmill. Take the clothes off of your treadmill that are on it. Dust it off. Blow it off. Don't use it as a a hanging rack anymore. Get on there and say, you know what? I'm just going to get on here three days a week and walk for 10 minutes or whatever the case may be. But I encourage you to move well. You need a plan. You have to have a workout plan. Otherwise, you show up at the gym, you go downstairs, you stare at what everybody else is doing, and be like, yeah, I'll go, I'll go do some curls, right? Or I'll do some squats, or I'll do some, I'll do some presses on the bench press. And, and you don't know how many you should do. You don't know how long you should do it. And pretty much you just give up, and you walk out of there, and you feel like, well, I think I got a workout. But if you have a plan, it eliminates a lot of things. Because you can walk in there, you already know what you're going to do. You know how many sets you're going to do, how many exercises in each set. And then you know where you're going to go, how much time it's going to take you. It removes a lot of the thought and the worry out of it. And you can just show up and do it. So have a plan to work out. Just like you have an eating plan. Just like I had you put a goal. How many hours of sleep do you want to get? How much rest do you want to get? How often do you want to work out? Do you want to work out three days a week? Do you want to work out five days a week? Do you want to work out 20 minutes a day? Whatever the case may be, formulate a plan. Again, on the back of those notes is a goal. Write your goal down. Hold yourself accountable to that goal. Be disciplined. And you say, well, well, what does it matter, again, if I take care of my body, if I work out? Does it make me a better Christian? No. Does it make God love me more? No, but here's what it does. Just like eating well, just like sleeping well, it says this, I value myself because God values me, because he created me, because he lives inside of me, and I want to live my life to the same level that he values me. And I'm telling you, when you begin to value yourself the way that God values you, you feel better, you grow more, and I believe that you'll even be more successful. So move well. Simple. Let me recap it again. Eat well, have a plan. Sleep well, have a goal. How much sleep do you want? Move well. How often do you want to work out? What do you want to do? And do something that you enjoy. Now, hey, I think all three of these things are really important, super simple. I want to conclude with just, again, reading to you from uh, Paul, when he said in Corinthians, that chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. Let me read that scripture to you just one more time. He said this, Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who lives in you and was given to you by God? 
You don't belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. I just want to encourage you that these three simple things, I know that they're easier said than done. And I, my expectation is that you're not going to come back in here looking like Fabio, but just to know, hey, just to move the needle a little bit, just to get a little bit better. I'm going to, I'm going to eat just a little bit better. I'm just going to get a little more sleep. I'm just going to make a decision and be disciplined to work out better. I believe that you can do it. I know that some of you say have been maybe a little bit disheartened over the years and may have struggled, but just know this. Regardless of how you are now, God values you and he loves you, and that decision on his part was made even before you ever were in this position. You can succeed. You can do better. Value yourself because God values you, not because of what other people have said or even will say about you. Now, just join me. I want to pray for you, and then we'll, we'll get out of here. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for every person watching today, every person that will watch. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you help them. Help them, number one, to know that, Father, you value them, and you love them, and you paid the high price of Jesus for them, so that because of that, they have inherent and intrinsic value and worth, regardless of how they feel or what they even are struggling with or what they even perceive they look like now. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, secondly, help each and every one of us to eat better, to sleep better, and to move better. Encourage us. Help us to celebrate small wins. Help us to see a light at the end of the tunnel. And help us to know that you want to help us in this process. So we thank you, Lord, for today. We ask you just to keep us safe and to um, bless and provide every single one of the needs that we have according to your riches and glory, which are in Christ Jesus. We pray that in your name. Amen. Well, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us this morning. And uh, I'd love to see you back next week for part three of Corners. We'll see you later.